0: Hello everybody, welcome to Clappercast. I'm your host, Carson Tamar, joined by my other host, Paul Price, Alina Falds. Again, bad audio, but that is okay. We'll get to it. Um, Paul, how are you doing this week? And what have you been watching this week?
1: I have been really good, and I've been watching um both big city greens on Disney Plus, which is like my go-to for like being sad now. Like if I'm a little drunk or I'm a little bored or I have to watch you know, do the dishes or something and I need something just on it's big city greens, which is so weird. Um, like I know I did it originally for work, but now I like love that show. Um, just unironically, it's one of our best shows. Um, I don't work for Disney. Don't ask. Uh, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, so I I've loved that. And I've also watched a little bit of the Sandman. Um, just like the first episode and it's as good as everyone's telling you. It's so good. Um, so much better even than like...
2: people mention the Sandman, I think people are talking about Adam Sandler.
1: <laughs> no. Um, they're talking about something better. Um, but, but what's funny is Alina, when I even told her about it, she was like, oh, I don't really like Neil Gaiman. And I'm like, yeah, no, neither do I. But weirdly, the Sandman is like Neil Gaiman- Separate, like everything I dislike about him fucks in The Sandman. Like, even things I that know were like Neil gaimany I'm like, yeah, no, this this is good though. Like, I'm into it. Um, and the casting is spot on. It's so good. Um, I originally listened to the Audible series, but now I'm enjoying the series as much. But like, if you want to get a little more deep dive and a little more closer to the actual graphic novels. Um, I would go with the Audible series. But if you're more just like, oh, I want to watch a couple episodes and like have a fun time and, you know, watching it maybe with a group, um, I would go with the Netflix series. But both are great. Like if you want to do both, go for it.
0: And Alina, how are you doing this week? Number one, maybe you could explain your audio situation this week. And maybe then what have you been watching?
2: <laughs> Our listeners know I've been having MacBook problems these past couple weeks. I'm getting a new one, but because it's back to school season, it's not coming into the Apple stores till August 25th. So we are shit out of luck until then, friends. So I'm borrowing my sister's MacBook, but it's like one of the like really, really old ones. Um, I think it's from like 2015 or something. So I have my AirPods connected to it. And like, I've had AirPods in just Lancaster before just fine, but everybody's sound staticky and crackly and like i don't know how to fix this because i'm at my grandma's house right now we don't have very many options to fix this so you're just gonna have to deal with it yet again i'm sorry i don't want to bring my whole ass microphone home for two days (laughs) that's
1: the funniest part here (laughs) is that you're like i don't want to bring my microphone you brought so many things to your grandmother's house it's like fucking um little red riding hood will bring everything and she's like no not the cloak the cloak is like too much work
2: <laughs> here's the thing laundry's expensive i brought all of my clothes home to wash at my parents house i got some cowboy boots in the mail that got close to my parents house i brought them to my grandma's like the car the yeah. i brought my cat home oh my god okay so Doug is a of cars I think I've talked about it before and so I try not to put him in his carrier I put him on a leash and harness so I was carrying him on his leash and harness but like I was carrying him like a baby out to the car and I'm in the hallway of my apartment building and all of a sudden like I'm locking the door to my apartment and this little kid down the hall starts like screaming crying like the worst kind of like crying child and my cat started getting like really scared because he doesn't recognize such a sound. He's like, what is that devil noise? Um, And I felt his heart beating really fast. So I start rushing to the building door to try and get into the car as quickly as possible so he doesn't have to endure the sound of this screaming child. And as I'm about to push on the apartment building glass door for the entire building of like 72 apartments, he starts peeing everywhere. He peed all over me, and he peed all over the apartment door. You know how, like, when baby, like, boys, and, like, they don't have their diaper on and their pee goes everywhere? It was like that. And so I had to walk out in front of all my neighbors, covered in cat piss, dump my cat in my sister's car. I wiped him off with some baby wipes, and I went back to my apartment, still covered in cat piss, got changed into the only, like pants i had left were like, like the hottest fucking sweatpants ever in the middle of humid ass august and i had to clean my apartment building door at like 9 p.m when i really needed to go home because my cat pissed everywhere and then i had to go home and he peed again on all my sister's stuff
0: do you want even more Clappercast content yes we have our weekly episodes but you can get even more on patreon for as low as one dollar a month you can get exclusive commentary tracks and bonus reviews as well as some more fun content yes you can literally watch movies with us me and alina have watched sonic the hedgehog we have watched murder mystery it is a ton of fun you can literally watch a movie with us And we also have bonus reviews. You want to hear our thoughts on Fresh. You want to hear our thoughts on everything, everywhere, all at once. These are reviews that you can only get on Patreon. It is at patreon.com slash clappercastpod. Again, for as low as $1 a month. You can get clappercast shoutouts. You can even decide what we review. It is a ton of fun over there on Patreon. And if you are not there, honestly, you're kind of missing out. Be over there at patreon.com slash clappercastpod.
1: Last week, I got to interview James Morissini and Claudia Solevsky about their new film, I Love My Dad. It's a dark comedy about a father catfishing his own son. It's a quick interview, but I think I got a couple fun questions in, so we'll throw to that real quick. What was it like uh, in your change of like how you thought about the catfishing world, especially after having it happen? To like actually writing about it like seeing both perspectives had you really considered that as much or was it more like you know an interesting experience to see the other side and write for that
3: i love that question i think when we hear of catfishing stories we often just consider the victim's experience but we we rarely consider why somebody's going about doing that and like the causes of that kind of aberrant dishonest behavior and it's usually coming from a place of great pain and loneliness. And then the steps that someone has to go through in order to rationalize that behavior to themselves uh, was really interesting to me. And so, you know, writing it and and having to really consider. All of those various steps that someone's going through in order to get to that place where they've decided to catfish. Now they have to create the profile and now they have to have these first conversations uh, was was really interesting. And it it uh, it it definitely gave me some insight as to, you know, why my dad went through with doing this and why why other people would would want to do it as well. And, and, uh, you know, that state of mind really interested me.
1: That's awesome. And um, from an acting perspective, what was it like to um, have to perform as, you know, a catfish and find those two roles? Was that difficult or was it pretty simple or?
2: It was,
3: I, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> I think, is that a question for you? Who yeah, was, it was <laughs> for you. <laughs> okay. Um, it was way too much fun because I had so much to play with, whether that was the portrayal of this perfect fantasy-like girl um and also being being the middleman between a father and son and and how um just just the uncomfortability in that but also where chuck cries out uh in trying to connect with his son finding those heartfelt moments was was the most satisfying amongst all of these other sort of cringier more you know comedy kind of focused i guess like sets and moments so There's a lot to play with. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. (laughs) So um, one of my favorite things about this movie is that you actually put, um, you know, Claudia in the movie instead of just having it all over text message or like cutting between. Um, Was that something you'd come up with really early on? Or was it like something that you came up with in the writing process?
3: I knew that in order to tell this story, I couldn't just have people on their phones for an hour and a half there needed to be a way of, of taking us out of that. So I thought a lot about what it feels like when you're messaging someone or texting someone, and it often feels like the person is right there with you. And so the decision to have Becca be materialized in Franklin's world, and then his consciousness also kind of allowed us to have this new layer of comedic irony, and we're we as the audience start to fall in love with Becca and have to constantly remind ourselves that everything she says is actually Franklin's dad saying it.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So my uh, last question, completely different. What are you guys watching right now? What do you like? What's uh, something that you found really interesting recently?
3: Um, I love severance. I love severance. Psychological I yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Great
2: show.
3: Uh, we own this city was great. The new uh David Simon show, oh, I cool! Love. I was obsessed with that. Um, the new Nathan Fielder show, the rehearsal, I'm obsessed with. I'm so oh, into it,
1: so good.
2: I need to see that. I keep hearing such good things, so good. yeah,
1: amazing. Well, cool. I think that was that was good. And I'll give you guys back some time.
2: Thank you very but, much.
1: Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Thanks. And coming back from the interview, thank you so much for doing that, Paul
0: super fun to have on the pod um and let's go ahead and now enough talking to these filmmakers i want to talk to us because we're the ones who really matter here that is a joke any people listening <laughs> um let's get into our series because we are on week two of our musical series that again we did not create a fun name for so it's just the worst title we have three films because this week is all about visual it's just albums. musical month
1: how is musical, musical. month a bad title <laughs> musical month is a bad title month of Um, musicals month of musicals is great
0: it's a little late but yes month of musicals is better thank Um, you (laughs) we're on week week two of our month of musicals ignore all the advertising that doesn't say that title um so first paul why don't you kick us off because you have help the 1965 beatles film i didn't
1: see it but you guys did did you like it so okay, so about help. Um, you have to imagine flashback. It's nineteen ninety six. I am five, um, and this is just the movie my dad just used to show me. Um, like when you talk about, like I, I don't know what your like strong childhood films are. Mine are um, fucking Help and Muppet's Christmas Carol. That's pretty much it. Um, And then Nicktoons, like Nick cartoons. Um, But outside of that, like, I've seen this movie 200 times, 300 times. Um, I just used to watch it when I was bored. It was just the movie you watched. Technically, I watched it on Laserdisc because that's how old I am. Um, But, yeah, it's basically just the Beatles. They had originally done um, A Hard Day's Night, and they wanted to do something a little funnier, a little goofier, a little more 60s. And they do it about this like mystic ring that's uh, related to a cult. And it has most of the songs from the film, uh, from the album help. So that's why I put it in the visual album category. Um, I just love this film. I love it because it feels like the Beatles at their most uh, positive, their most happy. Um, And right before like everything starts to go to shit for them a little bit. Um, But like, they just are having a great time. And also it kind of built, um, you know, I, I think back to like, um, what was it? Uh, One Direction or Five Seconds of Summer or the other boy bands and like how you didn't really know what their day to day lives were. The Beatles were so clever because they made this film and all of their fans thought that they all lived together in this like weird, creepy house where they all were like, a door would open or, you know, a basement would reveal itself. And another beetle was in there. And like that got so strong on their mythos. And I think that that's ultimately what they became um, in terms of what we imagine the Beatles to be. So I think that's really cool. But outside of that, it's just a really fun movie. It's really dumb. Um, Mr. Salt from fucking Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory plays a major part um, and I remember watching that as a kid, and I was like, "Is that the same actor?" And that was the first time I realized that like actors were not just in one movie. Um, yeah, no, I love this film. Um, Alina, what did you think?
2: I really loved it. Uh, the Beatles are really like the pioneers of the visual album. A couple weeks ago, I got to see a Hard Day's Night at my indie cinema, and it was so fun. Um, and then when Paul said that, like help was even goofier, it was like, but a hard day's night was already so silly. How can it get sillier? And it did. I just like, I just really enjoy the Beatles' like nonsense sense of humor. It's just really funny. Like there's this one point where like, um, Ringo and John are like sitting eating like lunch or dinner or something, and. John is just like pulling random objects out of his soup and one of them is like a like tickets them and he pulls it out he's like what's this and Ringo's like oh it's just it's a season ticket and then John's like oh I like a lot of seasoning in my soup like it's so stupid but it's really funny I just I love it um they just like I don't know why that like there's just like something about like that type of British humor that really gets to me, and I think it's because I grew up watching all of those like old British sitcoms, like um, everyone calls it Hyacinth, but like Keeping Up Appearances and the one in the department store that I'm forgetting right now. I just I enjoy like some good British humor, um, and I don't know why Are you being I never served? Like, watched. Please <laughs> yes. That's it. I'm listen, it's ten o'clock right now. I'm tired. It's a long day. Um, yeah, I love Are You Being Served, also that one's great. Um, but yeah, I grew up on shows like that, so the humor like is similar. Um and yeah, I was just saying I really I've always liked the Beatles like growing up. Like my dad is not the biggest Beatles fan, but like he's into folk and classic rock and all those things. So obviously he has like a lot of love and respect for the Beatles too. But I don't know why I never watched any of these growing up. Um, I watched Yellow Submarine last year, and that one was fucking like crazy and like literally terrifying. I'm so scared of the blue meanies, but I just they're I really like how the Beatles do their visual albums because they just don't take them very seriously. They're just supposed to be stupid and fun. Um, and I like stupid and fun things, and Help is no different. Yeah, you no. like this one, Carson.
1: Yeah, no Help is. It help is like legitimately just a British comedy with some Beatles songs in it, um, but they're also mm-hmm. maybe this is blasphemy. I don't know. Also, like Beatles fans are almost all dead, so it's fine. Um, help, I think it's one of the better albums. Like the ones that are considered their good albums, I'm always like, yeah, but does it have? And then I'll list off a song like white album and helper like my two favorite bar none yellow submarine also um like th- those are like the ones that i really like i know people are like but revolver i'm like i don't fucking care about revolver revolver has no good songs sorry
2: <laughs> um
1: <laughs> i'm like upsetting the one like 19 year old beatles fan we
0: have on the pod <laughs> And another listener down. Great job, Paul. I'm sure I would like it. I don't know. I don't really like hate. I mean, I don't hate the Beatles per se. I don't don't love them. You're
2: such a liar. You're such a hater.
0: No, but compared to like Queen, like I despise Queen. I cannot like, I can't listen to Queen. I will listen to like Beatles and like whatever. It's fine. So I don't know. I'd be open to try it. I just ran out of time. But it's not like I don't hate them. Like I do some bands like Queen, but that's okay. Um, now that we've really pissed, <laughs> I've pissed off everyone here. Uh, let's jump over to a much better artist than Queen or the Beatles or any of that shit. Let's jump over to Beyonce. Lemonade, an iconic moment that everyone is around for, it seems. I never watched it, though. I'm not necessarily the hugest Beyonce fan. I do like Beyonce quite a bit. Her I new album me. slaps. But yeah, I know I feel like I should be a Beyonce fan more than I am. But Lemonade, first time watching it, loved this film a great visual album um it's Beyonce bringing just like such an epic craft this like cinematography and filmmaking is very much so my shit here plus I think most of the songs are like excellent um I really really enjoyed Lemonade I assume you guys also did
2: I also didn't watch it uh Lemonade when it came out because Um, Pop is not necessarily my genre of music. I don't like to listen to very many modern things. I listen to contemporary country music and that's it right now. Pop, I don't know her. Um, So like when Lemonade was coming out, I was like, I am not watching that. Beyonce's nice and all. I don't really care for her music. I don't wanna get a title subscription for this, whatever. And everyone seemed to have a great time with it and I was happy for them. Um, So here we are revisiting it and hey, So, like, the Beatles are, like, the pioneers of the visual album. I feel like Beyonce, like, reinvigorated the visual album. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not a music historian, but I feel like we had a big gap there. I feel like visual albums were, like, not as much of a thing. I feel like concert films became a really big thing for a big stretch there, but not visual albums. So, Lemonade was quite fun. I really like some of the songs on it. And I also, like, you can just really feel the journey that she goes through on this album. You could really feel the pain um, from when Jay-Z cheated on her, that fucking prick. Um, and it, she really takes you on a journey of, like, how she healed and all these things. I was just like, shit, this is, like, way better than I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm still a bit mad at her for forgiving him. But, hey, everybody is on their own journey. But, do say you're better than him.
1: wait Alina's mad at somebody for um for giving a prick oh my god what I know
2: because I'm like oh my god it's me (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: do do as I say not as I do Beyonce
2: (laughs) exactly Beyonce's better than me she should know better
1: (laughs) um so I watched this when it came out and I rented it um, from I rented it from a title subscription. Um, my friend was dating a girl who was a huge Beyonce fan. She was like, you haven't watched it. And I was like, no, and I remember like watching it on my phone, sitting on the floor of my room, thinking it was a music video and then realizing it was a whole goddamn movie. And I was like, fuck it, I'm on the floor already. Let's just keep going. <laughs> and i watched the entire the first time i watched this was just on the floor on my phone and i was like oh my god this is incredible and then the next time i watched it was in my room you know uh on a big tv and i was like oh man both times really great but in different ways um one felt very like close and personal and the other one felt big and bombastic and i think both work it's just very interesting the different vibes for the exact same thing like listening to the music in your headphones while you're watching it on your phone is like completely different than watching it you know in your living room and there's like it's on a big screen and like um you know but the music isn't like inside you it doesn't hit you immediately it's got like reverb and everything um fantastic i mean i don't particularly like beyonce's music outside of lemonade weirdly like i've listened to you know um, renaissance and everything and i'm like it's it's good it's just not for me but like lemonade just hits me in a way i'm like every single song is just fire and like every single song you can feel an emotion um i think it's like a perfect visual album um I do think the fact that it doesn't have a story and we'll talk about this with the next film um, does hurt it a little bit. Um, It's more like a strict visual album, but um, I don't know what that story would have been outside of a little too uh, cloyingly uh, realistic. So I will allow it for this one. Um, But yeah, I think it's, yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm, that's what I mean. I like, I don't know what I would want. I just like, it does feel like a series of music videos with um, some tone poetry in the middle, but I don't know what else you would have done. Um, so mm-hmm. like, I guess my question was like, is it just, I guess it's more a strict visual album than more close to a musical situation. Um, but it's, it's gorgeous. Um, I love it.
2: Have either of you watched Flack is King?
0: We yeah, oh. it was one of our early day reviews on Clappercast back before like I was y'all not came on. on. Off the no, yeah, no. I I really enjoyed Black is King. I wish I watched <clears throat> Lemonade before that because I didn't like. I really dig Beyonce's style as a director. And yes, I think for both projects she's had co directors and such to kind of help like the process. Um, but I think like her style of like blending empathy and emotion with like tension and just like a such a strong craft. It really just is my vibe like her directing works I think are better than her music. Like I like the visual album much more than I like the album on its own. I really dug it. Mm. Um, One film I didn't necessarily dig our last film for the week of this section. 2019's K through 12 Melanie Martinez's visual album that she for some reason made with her second album album. Uh, Not a super big fan of this one. I like Melanie Martinez's first album, Fine Enough. I don't like her second album, which is an immediate strike against the film. Um, But, Paul, I'm sure you'll get into this more. But, like, a lot of the aesthetic and technical stuff here, flawless. I mean, it it almost reminds me a bit of Sia's music in that sense, where, like, the music video parts of music, like, it is done to such a high quality. We're like, yeah, it is incredible. But then, like, the entire story of both films is just so lackluster and it tries to be woke in such like a weak and annoying sense that it just like feels icky it's just you know not my thing but paul i know you i think enjoyed this more than i did
1: Uh, i'm very frustrated with the political messages of uh, k through 12 because when it doesn't get political i was aggressively into this movie um i think melanie martinez's music is like specifically so strong for a certain type of person i told my friend he was like what is her music like i don't remember because we'd listened to her album and i was like do you remember that girl who sounds like um hot topic just blended together all of hot topic and then it's just a sludge of just like (laughs) pure and i was like and he was like oh my god i know exactly who you're talking about the crybaby girl I was like yes and i'm like it's it's perfect it fits multi-generational um me in 2008 or me in 2022 could enjoy her music because it hits that like i was that kid that no one understood um you know i was that kid that was a little weird um but then like, and you can feel it that she has all the music picked out and she's like, but is it political enough? And then like, every time they're not singing, you're like, and like, the thing is, I will say in Melanie Martinez's first album, she has political and like um, social uh, commentary that is like also pretty clever. Um, You know, Mrs. Potato Head, about like uh dealing with plastic surgery and like body dysmorphia gorgeous song about that um but like this one is like okay so you're sitting there and it's like okay cool um but like songs like orange juice and it being about bulimia although that song is kind of fire like i even sent a video to the group and i was like this song is insane but i was also like but i'm loving it um all of the songs i kind of like fucked with and i'm very upset with it because like i don't particularly uh, have any issues with the music i just had issues with the i didn't have it i didn't have issues with the music i didn't have any issues with the visuals i loved the visuals i loved the music i loved most of the performances The only thing I had issues with was like her like trying to make it bigger than it was. And it got so gangly. Like they'll mention things and it'll be like transgender issues. And you're like, wait, what? Why? And then it never comes up because she's like, this is something I was worried about. And I thought that my fans would be too. So I should just throw it into my movie. And it's like, please don't like choose an issue. Like there is a real thing about like, all of these issues being like you're in, you know, your high school years and people tell you who you are and you can like touch on those things, but like making it a scene, making it a line, making lines like uh, tampon should be free. I'm like, please. Also, not only did she say tampon should be free, the line before that is toxic, <laughs> toxic shock syndrome is a real thing, but regardless, tampon should be free. I was like, girl it's just it's frustrating to me because i feel like if you were someone who is borderline republican or borderline conservative you're not going to be able to sit through this movie and be like oh i've been changed and if you're someone who is moderate you're going to be like oh liberals and it's only for like preaching to the choir in a way that's very frustrating and like as someone who's in the choir i'm just like could we do a little better in our like trying to convince basically what she did this for was teenagers and children. Could we do a little better of like convincing people who have multiple different viewpoints? But this video, uh, this movie has 99 million views. So, you know, honestly, fuck me. Like, <laughs> I mean, there's just no substance to any of it.
0: Like, I don't know. There's just, like, scenes. Like, the music, I agree. I mean, I think the music, I think overall she's a great artist. I've said that since she was on The Voice and I voted for her to stay. Sadly, not a lot of other people did because she went home. But regardless of that like it is not that these issues are there it's the fact like they just come in and they come out with absolutely no substance or like larger point or follow through or thesis or new perspective it will just be like oh we're saying the pledge of allegiance and the black man doesn't want to stand so they drag him out of the classroom as he's like yelling and then like that's it then like let's just go sing about like the bus driver and it's like no like just do something create a thesis create a point create oh. a follow through create something No you're
1: 100% right but I have to say one of my favorite things it is so fucking clever is that the fucking teacher snorts uh chalk like it's cocaine <laughs> She alina she snorts the like the the like chalkboard chalk like it's cocaine so she's written and she looks down and she just like takes it up and just does a line and it like she bleeds the same way that you do if you do too much coke it's so good <laughs> it's like it's so and that's the thing it's like oh clever we know what you're talking about is that teachers like create uh being a teacher like a drug and like they don't remember that it's about teaching kids it's like getting high off the power great the the principal who like doesn't care anymore to the point that he dies and they like bring him back to life to continue doing it great that stuff works don't 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 say lines as soon as you have a dialogue line telling what you're saying it doesn't work um and that's the entire finale which is really frustrating And also the music gets worse um not one song in the last like quarter i was like into but like the first couple songs i was like especially like yeah this is fire um and I even wrote you guys. I'm like, I'm sorry, I really like this because Carson was not a big fan.
2: I'm glad I didn't watch it because as you we were sitting there saying, like, oh blah blah blah, this thing's great. And I'm like, that sounds awful.
0: <laughs> it's very not you. Like you would have absolutely despised this.
2: I knew I wouldn't like it. Like I don't like I don't know what kind of music she does. I don't know anything about her other than I heard about her when she was getting cancelled. I don't know why she got cancelled. Hopefully, I don't know if it was a serious thing or not, but that is the only time I've ever heard of her. Couldn't tell you a single Melanie Martinez song. I'm sorry.
1: Her her first album is, like, amazing, like Paul said. No, like, even this album, like, there's a couple songs that I'm like, mm. even, unfortunately, I am into the Orange Juice song, which, like, <laughs> a song about orange juice being a reference for bulimia is insane but i was also like the beat's good i can't i can't stop myself probably gonna add it (laughs) probably we'll listen to it and be like oh yeah bulimia go 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 (laughs) (laughs) and that's ultimately the problem with doing like a protest song about like cultural issues is like yeah but the song fox (laughs) yeah (laughs) like like am i supposed to be anti-bulimia but also like yeah yeah orange juice
0: (laughs) well that is gonna do it for this week's month of musicals next week alina you're kind of running the show because we it's kind of why we actually did the series in general is we have a week looking at the world of bollywood what films have you picked out for us
2: yeah, so I wanted to do a little Bollywood series because I feel like Bollywood is one of the, like, foreign markets that at least in, like, the film Twitter community is, like, underrepresented. We're too into, like, East Asian cinema and European cinema. It's boring. I'm tired. Let's go somewhere else. Um, Nobody talks about Bollywood, and... I've had it. You guys have to start watching these movies because they're very fun. I grew up on the songs. I started watching them actually when I was in high school. I have a great time with these movies. I love Rithik Roshan. So the three movies we are watching all have him starring in them because, like, I stand. Like, to me, like, it has to have Rithik Roshan in it or I'm not paying attention for three hours. So that's the thing about Bolly- Bollywood. These movies are long as frick. So we are going to do. The 2001 film, Cabby Cushy, Cabby Gun. I'm so sorry if I'm mispronouncing these. I'm not a real brown person, okay? I'm only half. I'm beige. So we can abbreviate that one to K3G. It's a classic. It has the best songs. I used to dance those songs all the time when I was a little kid. It slaps. And then we are doing um, Doom 2. It's a sequel. I've never seen the first movie. You don't need to see the first movie because it's like a standalone thing. You'll grasp it. Um, It is very bad. It's camp. It's like literally one of the worst movies ever, but it's very, very fun. Like I love that movie and I love showing it to my white friends as their like first entry into (laughs) Bollywood. All of my white friends that have watched it really, really liked it, but it's a bad movie. You know what I mean? Um, That one's from 2006. And then the last one is Nemalegi Dobara. That one is from 2011. Also has Ritig Roshan, obviously. And it's on Top 100 Women Directors. You're welcome. I grew by box that. So those are my three favorite Bollywood movies.
3: Well, if
0: you want to hear our thoughts on those films, you can check them out next week. I know I'm very excited to do that series. Um, But now let's jump to our new releases for the week. Alina, Paul is slacking because he didn't see Bullet Train, but we saw Bullet Train in Japan. Uh, A guy goes on to this Bullet Train hired to steal this briefcase. It turns out there's a lot of people on there who have a lot of different motives and they all start to fight. Um, You can introduce this one and give your opening
1: impressions Wait, on it. I want to pop in.
0: Bold because you didn't see the film, but very, but, you know, yes, go for it. no,
1: I'm going to talk about why. Um, I had five of my friends tell me I would hate this film and I still don't know if I would hate it, like probably and like we'll pop in in a couple weeks when I've seen it and I'll be like, oh, yes or no. But it is an interesting thing, and I want to like point it out for people who listen to the podcast. It's like, um, maybe you wanted to watch a movie, but you agree with me, or agree with Alina, or agree with Carson the most, and then they didn't like it, and you think that that's enough. Maybe it's not. Maybe like go see the movie. Um, and I know that sounds silly, but like, uh, like yeah, listen to us for like, um, if you're deciding between one or the other. And like, maybe if you need to go see it immediately or not, Um, specifically next week, there's a movie that surprised me how much I disliked it. Um, But like, yeah, no, I'm kind of sad I didn't see Bullet Train because like, I didn't see it because I got critiques from people that said that I wouldn't like it. So I don't know. It's interesting. That's all I have to say. Continue on. Well, let's be clear,
0: listener. Maybe that's good advice for Paul and Alina. You can always trust what I have to say to be correct, and that my opinions will be right, but the rest of them, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Um, but Alina, or, what are your opinions? Or,
2: I was just going to say, maybe you're the kind of person where if you hear something is bad, it makes you want to watch it more. Yesterday at my restaurant job, I was telling my co about they slash them, and he was like, oh my god, I need to drop everything I'm doing and watch that immediately. And I was like, yes, Michael, you do. So. Maybe you're like my friend Michael. (laughs) Anyway, Bullet Train. I saw this on Tuesday. They were doing all these weird special advance screenings, and I freaking cut my workout short at the gym so I could go catch Bullet Train on a Tuesday. I was desperate to see this thing because I thought I would like it because it didn't look very like the trailer was really fun, but it didn't look like a good movie. And I'm like, I like bad but fun movies I think I'll have a good time with this and I did have a relatively good time I think it's a bit too long for what it is and it's a bit like convoluted for what it is but I did have a good time with Brad Pitt's little um pure little assassin character dude I don't who doesn't want to be an assassin anymore I feel like his character implies that he's done a bunch of like really bad things in the past but he still needs this like illegal hitman whatever job for money but he's trying to do like slightly nicer versions of crime now that's what he was giving me i missed the first five minutes of this to be fair so i was a bit confused at first and i had to like put some pieces together anyway so brad pitt is like the main criminal guy who's passed the briefcase and then as he's like bopping around on this like japanese bullet train he starts running into all these other people who are trying to get the briefcase from him he's like what the hell why are all these people on the train trying to get my briefcase Aaron Taylor Johnson was there. He was very sexy and hot in this movie. I was living for it every time he was on screen. Um, Brian Tyree Henry is also here. Him and Aaron Taylor Johnson are twins for some reason. That was very confusing to me. But they're like a pair of like twin hitmen criminal dudes. I don't know. What do you call them if they're not like killing people? Just criminals? criminals. There's got to be a word for it. <laughs> <laughs> like Like there should be a more special word. Like they're organized crime for sure. I don't like. There should be a word. They're for part of the syndicate. Sure, they get like tasks to go and do these crimes. It's like a thing. Um, and also, uh, Logan Lerman is there. There's a snake that like poisons people with its venom. Uh, Joey King is there, and she has this yes. really weird accent in this really insane, like, pink outfit. Um, Joey King a has a going. weird,
1: bad accent. Shocking. Yeah. Queen.
2: Right? Um, there's just a lot going on in Bullet Train. It was a bit tough to keep up with. So, like, get a good night's sleep before you see this movie. I thought it was fun. A lot of people hated it. Those are people who don't know how to have fun. Like, sure. <laughs> yes, it's not great, yes. but it's fun. Shut up.
1: Okay, Can so I, have... I think it might... I think it might be fun, uh, Carson. You do your thing, but I think I should ask like questions um, sure. because I haven't seen it. After you're done, go for it. Sure. Can
0: I just say the Joey King Kingdom is eating this year after this and the Princess? Um, yeah, I love this film. I did not expect to like this because like dumb action films. Did you just say the not... Joey
1: King Kingdom <laughs> instead yes. of the Joey Kingdom? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking moron. <laughs> well. <laughs> As
0: fan of the kissing booth too, I think I will take that I'm an idiot. So, um, thank you, I guess. Um, look, I did not expect to like this. Dumb action films are not always my thing, but I had so much fucking fun with this movie. I think the entire ensemble are like iconic, but also like it's not just purely dumb. Like there are some moments of emotions, especially with the twins, as you mentioned, where like I don't know, I got feeling a certain type of way. I was like, oh, that's really actually oh, quite like. I think this screenplay is like genius, similar to In Bruges, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Like
1: every In Bruges, fucking. <laughs> <Ambrugas>. <laughs> in Bruges. <laughs> the in Bruges. This film that I definitely watched and did not. And just, wait, just, I don't know. Wait, hold on hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Have it's you guys a ever
2: weeks. seen? This is relevant. This is relevant. Have you guys ever seen Austin Powers and Gold Member?
0: Yes yes do you I remember have not seen the, the
2: rap one. okay do you remember the rap that dr evil does in the prison?
0: no vaguely
2: okay there's a line in it when he's like says something like oh all my homies in bruges because he's from <laughs> bruges and now every time I tell Bruce, my father, for my listeners that don't know, Bruce is my father, um, that he needs to watch In Bruges, he just replies back, All oh, my homies in Bruges, like Dr. Evil and like Bruce, just stop and <laughs> watch that. the movie and stop referencing Austin Powers. Anyway, I will get back to you once Bruce watches in Bruges. He hasn't yet still.
0: I'm very excited <laughs> for it. But similar to that movie, like every single thing set up in this film even like th- lines you thought were throwaway lines come back to mean something and every single thing has a payoff I do agree it's very long in places especially like the ending it's quite drawn out um some of the vi- like uh, visual effects are quite bad at points especially towards the end but like I was screaming at the cameos I was screaming at some of the violence I thought it was so much fun like if you want like a dumb fun action film, absolutely i think bullet train's like top tier i don't get the hate for this i don't get how people which is shocking i think if this was made in 2014 everyone would have been like this is five stars but now i just think people are kind of done with
1: the style but like i was here for it okay so i'm gonna ask them questions as um a person who hasn't seen it what film does it remind you of take your time i don't know if there's like a great like, one-for-one one comparison.
2: It's, like, humor and style was very Deadpool-y, which makes sense. But, I don't know. Kind it of, kind of yeah. felt, like... Yeah, it kind of felt, like, um, like, weird, like, crazy fast and furious a little bit, also. Yeah, if imagine, had- like,
3: F9
0: with Deadpool, but, like, not for, like, comic book nerds mm-hmm.
1: if you had to choose first watch would you choose alone or with like a friend who's willing in a theater or with a group of good friends at your house watching it in a couple months like what's I the with like vibe a friend
2: at the theater because my Agreed. auditorium Really enjoyed it. They were like laughing like crazy. They were hooting and hollering on the Tuesday night special. They had a good time. Um, Everybody was really digging the recurring Thomas the Tank Engine joke. I really liked that too. Also, there's one Carson mentioned cameos. There is one very, very, very good cameo. You'll know it. The one I'm talking about. And then there was one really, really bad cameo. You'll know it. If you know me, you'll know it. So
1: Vince, <laughs> Vince McMahon shows up, and he probably <laughs> exactly. just like attacks some you young girl. Pro- <laughs> Do you know who cameos in this poll? No, I don't want to know. Take a
0: guess. Like, <sighs> just take a guess, and we won't say if it's right or wrong. No, no, don't say anything. But I,
1: she likes it. I don't know. Adam Sandler is who I would guess if she <laughs> likes it. Um, which huh. is like yeah I know. there's just I'm a man
2: t- i've been standing this year specifically earlier in the year he had a film come out <laughs>
0: and then a man who's been in way too it many rhymes films with
2: stanning. his name rhymes with stanning.
0: <laughs> i like how lena said don't ruin it for him don't spoil
1: it and now just is spoiling it channing Tatum's in it <laughs> yeah why would you <laughs> spoil so that nice. for me i would have very much enjoyed that <laughs> Keep this in Whoa. person because it's very funny. I was just like guessing who <laughs> won't we'll say I just didn't want to get spoiled for this movie and I have not read a single thing. Um, and Alina's like, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum's in it. Channing Tatum!
0: <laughs> you also specifically said, hey, please don't spoil it for me.
2: <laughs> I thought you were going to it. I was talking about him all year. Well, you don't know the other one. so right.
0: Kind of. <laughs> wait now do you want to guess the other one i'll give you his name <laughs> yeah give me a
1: rhyme <laughs> give me a rhyme for the other one because i don't care at this point i'm gonna see it and first
0: name rhymes now. with brian
1: <laughs> last
2: name
1: <laughs> i was
0: gonna say brian too <laughs> brian denolds <laughs> why oh, why is I Ryan Reynolds'
1: in this movie it's not good.
2: Because it's Deadpool. He's <laughs> the Deadpool director.
1: Oh, right? that makes sense. Yes. Okay, I don't I'm, know glad why I'm glad we're cutting up all of this now. cut this, Carson. Yeah, this really is sad. I'm sad.
2: <laughs> I'm <laughs> like, sorry. I'm very upset. I was very excited.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, we've been very excited to see Channing Tatum. Oh, God.
2: <gasps> okay. I really liked. Okay. Part of the thing that makes this movie so convoluted is there's a lot of, like, flashback and filler to explain yes. who everybody is on the train and how they're, like, related to each other. Not, like, um, they're not, like, family, but, like, ha- how they've met each other in the past. And, like, the one for Bad Bunny, when he's, like, an assassin or whatever for, like, a Mexican cartel that was really funny i really liked his like little pop-up character his outfit was fire um i like that bunny i don't know any of his music but sometimes he pops up at like wwe events and he does very good God damn it. um thanks for, <laughs> for for a celebrity he's done he's done some good stuff so i'm a fan of that bunny in that one specific aspect so it was nice to see him again <laughs> Mm-hmm.
0: add him to the road to wrestlemania special him logan paul exactly. i think there was another one recently <laughs> just add them all cool well let's then jump to as you mentioned alina we also watched they them this week peacock original
2: okay, you're saying it wrong it's they Slash
0: i them. know i know <laughs> I don't... Say it
2: correctly.
0: they Slash them sorry the peacock original put some respect on its name Put some respect on they slash them's name. Um, I'll start, I guess, as the gay one. Yeah, that works. Um, This is about (laughs) a bunch of young adults who go to a gay conversion camp. But, like, they go there, and it's kind of lit. Like, all the people are like, we love gay people. Like, don't worry, we're not, like, crazy Christians. Like, if you're gay, you're gay. Yes, just, like, soak up the sun. But then, like, they're also weirdly transphobic, to be clear. Everyone at this camp is, like, also deeply transphobic, which is not good for the they slash of a non-binary character who's, like, all sassy and, like, oh, where's my bunk? Um, It's not good. Yes,
1: Paul. No, but also nothing about being gay is particularly wrong in this camp. It's just being trans. Yes. Um, because the only other person who deals with it is a trans woman. Um, <laughs> and yes, there is a moment, there is a twist. Oh my God, there's a twist. Um, where a character like uh, tries out their gay sexuality and it causes problems, kind of. But like, if they hadn't chosen that character um they would have been fine like because everyone else is like fucking their same gender and no one cares it's such a bad film it's so bad so yeah also you have to know with this film the film was originally called whistler camp (laughs) or camp whistler either one i was like oh so they came up with this title after this movie existed so like everything that happens in this, you have to know that like the title does not matter in terms of its creation. Like that was like a post it's been filmed thing. Um, so like when you're like, oh, Kevin Bacon probably signed on because it's called they slash them and it's really funny. No, he signed up for Camp Whistler. <laughs> but go off, Carson.
2: He's like, Hey, I need some money. I need a check. I'm gonna just be in this.
1: Yes. Anna Chlumsky or whatever, uh, for fucking beep, who is like was like I always thought like oh she's like gonna have her moment she's not just gonna be the one that cried over Macaulay Culkin um like she may have a moment to like do something and instead she's in she is trying her best in this movie by the way um she she and Carrie Preston are like trying to do some sort of like get out scenario where they're like maybe this is the best film we've ever been in it's like no No. don't try (laughs) just be very low-key because the rest of this film is very bad you guys are great ladies (laughs) you're doing fantastic carson (laughs) i'm sure you can attest yeah the film's just bad it
0: really sucks on every level like i wanted this to be like campy fun and there are moments because like Well, no, just plot wise, there's a killer, and like shockingly, the gay conversion therapy camp isn't like a great place. Um, a real twist with that one. I know everyone thought it was gonna be like the best place. It
1: is a twist though, because of the first thing.
0: I literally wrote you guys and I was like, this seems fun. I literally (laughs) was like, is this an advertisement for like gay conversion camps? Like, what is this? Um, it was crazy. (laughs) But so like I wanted this to be camp fun, and there are moments where like they're doing like a full glee like performance of fucking perfect by Pink. And I was like, yes, no, this no, no, is no. Great. you can't
1: just bring that up. You can't bring that up, Carson. You have to reveal that slowly to the audience. Because that okay, so like you have to know that the only moment that felt real, felt like good dialogue in this entire goddamn film. They're like sitting there and they're discussing, like, you know, transitioning and like deciding that what the world has set as your gender may not be your gender and who you are maybe and then they just start singing fucking perfect by pink and one trans woman starts and you're like oh okay this will be like a nice moment A, a little corny but fine and then someone else starts singing and then people start vamping and you're like for, for what reason? I
2: didn't know that many people knew all the words to a pink song. Uh,
1: no one does. <laughs> no one has that, ever heard that pink song. That's, it. why <laughs> that's why it's perfect. That's why it's
0: perfect.
1: I was like, I had already heard from multiple people, you guys, and also the internet, that this moment was going to happen. And I still gasped at the <laughs> point they chose. Because it is, like, the moment where you're like, this is, like, maybe a good film. Like, everything else has been, like, kind of weird and bad. But, like, this is a legitimate conversation. And it feels, like, real. And I feel like you could really get someone to understand what, like, you know, um, gender dysphoria is and, like, everything. And they're, like, you know, (laughs) fucking singing pink. It's Mm -hmm. so bad yeah
0: and then just like it just continues the reveals are not good as a slasher film like it's not a good slasher film the morals are very strange at the end of it i felt kind of like going back to where the crawdad's sing. it just doesn't seem like they're fully aware like what the ending actually says about it self and what it's trying to say it just doesn't work really on any level i have a, I have a question um, my, yes
1: how far into the movie did you know who the killer was? Because I knew when the person showed up, very early. But yeah, like when they were like introducing the characters, I was like, "Oh, and that's the killer," because obviously, fucking Lee. But
2: <laughs> are we spoiling this one?
1: We can have a spoiler section. I don't think we need. To we can have a spoiler story. at the end because I think it's important to discuss because the ending is psychotic. Yeah. So yeah, like. I will also for say for people like, who are curious, give us five minutes before we get there. Like it is just wild, like
0: uh, that this film very likely there's gonna be a lot of people who watch this movie turn it off halfway through because they get very bored, and then they're like their takeaway is just like, well, gay conversion therapy camps are pretty cool. Actually, it's pretty hyped up that they're bad, and it doesn't seem like it. Um, and
1: everyone gets to have sex.
2: Yeah, everyone
0: just has <laughs> sex. It's just gay sex continually. Um, I like. I think a couple of the twists and turns are fun. Like I think there's like a few moments here that work, but I wanted it to be more like Sleepaway Camp meets like But I'm a Cheerleader, and it really wasn't giving that, which is
1: sad. Yeah, no, and like uh, a lot of people have mentioned in the reviews, Sleepaway Camp and But I'm a Cheerleader, um, for different reasons. Um, because Sleepaway Camp, I feel like, tries to hit this point actually, and does it better even though it's horribly insensitive technically but like now watching this where they tried to be more like understanding i'm like <laughs> was Boy camp that bad because actually like they showed that like trauma is a big deal and this one was just like yeah <laughs> trauma is they will be fine but also like serial killers on the side um yeah, no, I think we should uh, uh pop into spoilers, though.
2: Wait, I don't even have my thoughts yet, because you guys just talked the whole time. Let the straight have Oh, I'm again. sorry, did the straight girl have <laughs> yeah. a
1: lot of opinions?
2: <laughs> no, I agree with you guys. Like, the thing about this is, like, it's one of those movies that had the potential to be good, because I really liked the main, like, non-binary character. They were very interesting Um, especially during that scene when Kevin Bacon takes all the boys in air quotes um, and makes them shoot like rifles and stuff. And like, they kind of just like are revealed to be a bit of a badass. And I was like, this is an intriguing. This is an interesting final character. Obviously that was going to be the final character. And like, it just doesn't go anywhere. Also that bit with the little, Bloodhound really, really, really upset me. I watched this at 7 in the morning yesterday, and when I texted you guys, I hate this movie, it was in reference to Old Duke, the Bloodhound. That was rude. That was unnecessary. I can tolerate some gay conversion, but I draw the line of animal abuse. That is a community <laughs> reference for legal reasons. <laughs> um,
1: but also, no, I, I 100% agree, because like, um, so... We're moving into spoiler territory here, guys. Um, mm-hmm. No, like, the whole sequence with Old Duke is, like, mean and not scary and not fun. Like, I'm watching it. It
2: just didn't even look
1: realistic. I, had to, I, had to, I knew you would. guys had watched the movie. So I was like, mm-hmm. all right, Old Duke dies. And then it starts, and I'm like, Is this the moment we're killing old Duke here? Why? What is this doing? And it does nothing. The other thing I have a lot of problems with in this movie is the sex scenes, which are like way too graphic. I don't know how you guys felt, but I was like uncomfortable at points Um especially uh less so with um the two women than the two men um the two men just felt like i was watching it as like a voyeur it didn't feel sexual or it didn't feel um like i was learning something about the characters i was like Uncomfortable that this was happening, and then what happens after, uh, Carson? We've moved into uh spoiler territory, by the way. Um, what happens after, where it's revealed that he is working for the camp, which makes no sense, like he's only trying to fuck one guy. <laughs> it's like, goal to the camp is like, hey, you're gonna go fuck this one dude who. Is like dealing with his sexuality and probably wouldn't fuck a dude unless you like came into a pool naked with him. But uh, really try it. Um, also, it's just like, so why?
0: dumb. Like, it, it, yeah. I, it would be better if, like, you like the point is that they're all gay. You know, they are gay. So, like, there's real need, no reason to be like, well, we gotta find out and prove if he's
1: gay or not. Like, it doesn't make sense at all. Yeah, no, no and also, like, there's a moment um where he's like you look like a girl and he's like no i don't and i'm like sure but i don't understand what you're trying to say here because that felt very against non-binary people like because that is a very non-binary person and then it's very clearly like he's saying i look like a boy i just i didn't love it i hate it that character is against not like yeah, but, uh, yeah I know, but like what is that saying? Because you don't remember sure. the later half. You only remember it that would... like Go ahead.
2: Um I was just gonna say it's very weird that like other than Kevin Bacon and I guess like the scary therapist lady, how like all of the camp staff are like some version of queer and then they're also like predators in like huge assholes. Like mean, this is a weird moral. Like that whole scene when like the girls are off baking pie and then like the one blonde girl like gets asked to stay behind and then like the camp staff girl starts like it was gross. It made me really uncomfortable. <laughs> like, no but like ultimately
1: why. um there's there's a there's a very big part about like specifically um with uh, conversion camps that's like a known thing that most of the people involved are queer and they like are self-hating and like you can deal with that how you want and like discussing that but like that's a thing um cool like that's something you can discuss but they don't really want to I- acknowledge that so they just yeah do they don't like things
2: and also auto, like made it feel very and off. Right,
1: Which makes me very uncomfortable in that you murder these people for struggling with their sexuality and being forced uh, through conversion camp. And you're supposed to be like, oh, yeah, every single character that dies in this movie, I'll just straight up say every single character that dies probably was tortured either sexually or emotionally by an older generation so to not acknowledge that and just act like and the villains are dead or the villains are defeated it's so weird see it's that
0: nuance that i like i think a lot of people don't see boy great conversation for the podcast i know we love to have alina but with last night in soho i feel like what this movie does is what people say that film does as far as like Villainizing someone who was hurt by an older generation and who might retaliate and do negative things that I guess society doesn't view as negative. Like, I feel like Last Night in Soho does it so well to where it still's like, that's bad. Oh, blah, blah. It's like, she's technically the bad guy in that, but like, it also is very loving and very, I think, understanding and empathetic towards her. There's just no sense of empathy in this. They just like get brutally murdered, but also they're like terrible people, like in a lot of ways. Like, the are perver- they terrible people? Well, yeah i think the like specifically like the perverts are kevin but kevin bacon but like well there's the guy who watched like the showers but like overwhelmingly i agree with you here paul i just think it's really that poorly it's also like not a feel feel for the as just like purely as a horror film it's not built well it doesn't play well the reveal's not that good like it just doesn't it's not good in any sense
2: i feel like in no. the case of the staff like i feel like they went through this conversion camp also so like other than kevin bacon i feel like they're kind of also victims in a weird way i don't know
1: yeah for sure i, don't I
2: know nuance uh, that's and that's in the film
1: And that's that's my biggest problem is like you show them still dealing. With their sexuality and then you murder them. Fuck you, movie. Not fuck you, murderer, because like, here's the thing. A lot of people are going to be like, it was a murderer. No, no, this is a movie that chose to make those points. And that's fucked because you're saying ultimately like, sexuality is very hard and like if you're dealing with it if someone you know is dealing with it like if they like need to like have a moment of like reversal that is their journey that is their thing like just give them a moment um this is obviously excessive of that but that's not what this is saying this is moralistic this is saying like if you turn against being a good gay which is just like you know obviously being out and like we don't know what these characters backstories are maybe their fucking father was beating them for being gay it's bullshit that you're saying like they deserve death for not having the situation that they can just come out and every single character who we see in this movie could have been those people so like to act like oh they deserve death is insane because like you know we've seen even like fucking anti-gay republican like you know uh senators and shit once they get out of it are like i'm gay and i'm sorry and i apologize like we have seen that so like to act like we're just gonna be like oh no they deserve death is so insane and pushes people back into the closet far more than just like being oh we're understanding of like people on their separate journeys, which is what this fucking movie is supposed to be. And that really pisses me off. And that's why it's like one of my least favorite movies. But outside of that, it's a bad movie. I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe there's something here, like a
0: good talented writer and director could like do with this, but it just lacks the nuance and craft and understand just awareness of what it is and what it's doing to be like anything worthwhile i really just like hated the concept of this film like from the opening moments where it's just like this gay conversion camp everyone's seemingly great on the outside like i hate it i don't like the concept i don't think it's like clever or quirky or engaging or interesting like i just like this movie kind of gives me the ick i just like i really hate it like i just from like a concept standpoint i inherently think it's all just like such a bad idea Cool. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of ClapperCast. Where can we find everyone on social media? Alina?
2: I am at Alina Phones on Twitter, Letterboxd, and sometimes Instagram.
1: Paul? At PriceLikeTag on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And you can find me on Twitter at bp underscore movie reviews, letterbox just Carson
0: Tamar. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening and supporting the show. If you want to write us an email, you can email us at clappercast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Clapper Podcast. You can also connect to us there. If you'd like to financially support the show for as little as one dollar a month, you can go to our, our Patreon. Uh, We have commentary tracks, we have exclusive movie reviews, a ton of great stuff you can get over there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss all things cinema. Goodbye.